Daddy Kisses was Saint John Paul II. Pope Saint Paul VI. Papa Voitiwa's catechesis at the general audience on the 8th of August 1979. Today again, like last week, I would like to dedicate our meeting to the memory of the great Pope Paul VI, whom our Heavenly Father called to himself a year ago on the solemnity of the Transfiguration of the Lord. Certainly, neither the preceding address nor today's can exhaust the multiform richness of his pontificate and personality. What I wish to highlight today is the marvellous convergence of the day of the death with the charism of the life of Paul VI. I sought to develop this thought last week, concentrating above all on the important fact of the transformation of the Church, transformation promoted by the Second Vatican Council's re-reading of the signs of the times. John XXIII used to call this transformation a giornamento. However, to that great process, which the Pope of Goodness had only begun, Pope Paul VI dedicated the whole of his difficult pontificate of fifteen years. This aggiornamento, this renewal or transformation, was dictated by profound knowledge of the nature of the Church and by love for her salvific mission. On the initiative of Pope John and subsequently under the guidance of Pope Paul, the Church adapted herself to the tasks inherent in her mission in front of the man of our time in front of the human family, to which she has been sent. The most profound meaning of Giornamento is strictly evangelical. It results from the will to serve, following Christ, from the will to serve God in men, to serve man. The service is identified with the mission, rediscovered in the salvific mission of Christ himself. The mission to serve man in the style of the pontifical ministry of Paul VI has always had a concrete and at the same time universal dimension. Indeed, every man is served by serving the causes on which the right direction of his life depends in determined conditions, historical, social, economic, political and cultural. In his mission in favour of the transformation of man's fate on earth, Paul VI always placed first, the great cause of peace among nations. To this cause he dedicated the utmost attention, the greatest solicitude and care. Suffice it to recall his annual messages for the World Day of Peace, which allowed him to develop this great and central ethical theme of our time from different points of view. True Peace he recalled, for example, for the 1971 Day of Peace, must be founded on justice, on the sense of an intangible human dignity, on recognition of the indelible and happy equality among men, and on the fundamental dogma of human fraternity, that is, of the respect of the love due to every man, as man. There bursts forth the victorious word, as brother, my brother, our brother. If you want peace, work for justice. This was the commitment that Paul VI proposed in the message of the following year. And he commented, 
It is an invitation that does not ignore the difficulties of practicing justice. Firstly, of defining it, then actualizing it, and it is never without some sacrifice of one's own prestige and one's own interest. Greater magnanimity is perhaps needed to surrender to the reasons of justice and peace, than to struggle and impose one's own right, authentic or presumed, on one's adversary. And again. Let us make peace possible," he insisted in another message. By preaching friendship, and by practicing love of neighbor, justice, and Christian forgiveness, let us open doors there where it has been driven out, with negotiations that are fair and aimed at sincere, positive conclusions. Let us not refuse some sacrifice, which, without offending the dignity of the one who acts generously. Would render peace more rapid, cordial, and lasting. The importance of the cause of peace in the life of humanity today must also be measured on the basis of the mortal threat that modern war can constitute, with the use of all those destructive means which lead to self-destruction. However, no one more than the apostle and vicar of Christ himself, who is the true prince of peace. Must be conscious that it is impossible to ensure peace for international life by looking at only the means that man can use. It is necessary, rather, to look at man who uses those means. It is he himself who must want peace in a mature and responsible way, and model the life of humanity in all its dimensions, on the basis of a coherent search for peace. Peace is reached through justice, through a complete and universal justice. Opus Justitia Pax. John the Twenty-Third in Parchim and Terrace had underlined the four fundamental rights of the human person, which, for the good of peace, must be respected in social and international life: the right to truth, to freedom, to justice, to love. Paul the Sixth, developing this thought organically, published the Encyclical for the Promotion of the Development of Peoples, in which he said that this just development is the new name of peace. Let us all remember his words: If development is the new name of peace, who would not wish to work for it with all his strength? And again, to combat misery and to struggle against injustice. Is to promote, together with the improvement of living conditions, the human and spiritual progress of all, and thus the common good of humanity. Peace cannot be reduced to an absence of war, fruit of an ever precarious balance of forces. It is built up, day after day, in the pursuit of an order desired by God, which entails a more perfect justice among men. The Pope. Whom Christ called to Himself on the solemnity of the Transfiguration, continuously worked tirelessly for the transformation of man, of society, of systems, work which was to bear the fruits so much desired by men, by nations, by the whole of humanity, the fruits of justice and peace. By looking with assiduous attention, and sometimes perhaps with disquiet, and above all with continual Christian hope. At the multiform development of events in the contemporary world, 
he always worked in favour of that civilization which he called civilization of love, in the spirit of Christ's greatest commandment. The Church places herself at the service of this civilization of love through her mission, linked to the announcement and realization of the Gospel. Particularly dear to Paul VI was evangelization in the contemporary world, to which, at the request of the bishops gathered at the Synod in 1974, he dedicated a magnificent exhortation, Evangelii Nunziandi, which is like a summary of thought and apostolic indications, springing from the Concilium Magisterium and the continual experience of the Church. The commitment to announce the Gospel to the men and women of our time, he began. Men and women, animated by the hope, but also often troubled by fear and anguish, is without doubt a service rendered not only to the Christian community, but also to the whole of humanity. And he explained, to evangelize for the Church is to bring the good news into all the layers of humanity and, through its influence, to transform from within, to render new humanity itself. Behold, I make all things new. But there is no new humanity if there are not first new men and women of the newness of baptism and of life according to the Gospel. The purpose of evangelization is precisely this interior change. And, if it had to be expressed in a sentence, it would be fairer just to say that the Church evangelizes when, by virtue only of the divine power of the message that she proclaims, she seeks to convert the personal and also collective conscience of men and women, the activities in which they are committed, their own lives and environments. A most noble and stimulating commitment. It is impossible, therefore, to remember the day of the great pontiff's death without stopping to think again, if only for a moment, about the whole heritage of his great spirit. On the 6th of August 1978, the last rays of the Feast of the Transfiguration fell on the heart of the pastor who, with his whole life, had served the great cause of the transformation of man in our difficult age, and that of the renewal of the Church for this transformation. These rays seem to say, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful. Enter into the joy of your Master. And Paul VI no longer returned to his daily toil, but followed the Lord who called him from the Mount of the Transfiguration.